0: What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 102, so our 102nd episode. We're well into uh, our kind of next century, you could say, and today is going to be a great episode. So uh, thank you for listening. This is the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. I'm Jonas and I'm going to be joined by one of our special guests, one of our uh, Twitter friends. We've had him on the show before, uh, Mags. Uh, so we've got
1: Mags on the line now via Skype. So Mags, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing really, really well. Thanks for the invitation. I'm uh, excited to to be back on uh, Wrestling with Jonas.
0: Yeah, so we had you on the podcast a couple of months ago, I think when AEW Dynamite was in its infancy and we, we kind of covered that and we covered NXT. And it's going to be the same to a certain degree, but I have kind of promoted on social media via our Twitter page and Facebook page that we are shaking things up a little bit. I've gone to the long drawn out match reviews as, as good as they were. Um, but uh, we, we're going to be talking kind of highlights from this week's AEW Dynamite, highlights from this week's NXT on the USA Network. Uh, and we're going to be covering a, a couple of new features as well. Um, so the, the new features that myself and uh, Mags are going to be discussing are what's really grinding your gears at the moment so what's really kind of eating you up from the inside, getting you all angry about the wrestling business at the moment, it could be an individual, it can be a promotion, it could be something that happened in the last seven days or so and we're going to be discussing each of our points there and then kind of conversely we're going to be looking at what's really floating our boat so what we're kind of really enjoying at the moment what's kind of really jumped out at us in the last seven days from the wrestling world, uh, what, what kind of individual promotion or anything really It could be storyline, angle, uh, match that's really kind of turned your head and is kind of the highlight of the week for you. That's really floating your boat. So we'll kind of discuss him a little bit later on going forward. There's going to be new features added. We want a lot more of the listener questions as well. So, whether it be via our email address, wrestlingwithjonas at gmail.com, you can email us questions before each weekly show. You know, we drop on a Saturday, so get your questions in on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday morning so that we can include them into the show. Um, You can also send us uh, questions via our social media pages, of course, via our Facebook community group, Wrestling with Jonas, or via our Twitter page, with Jonas underscore pod. So, get in touch with the show, ask us questions for me and my guest uh, for future weeks so we're also going to be reintroducing from next week the two minute brain buster quiz so i think mags you are one of the guinea pigs for this uh brain buster quiz we're not going to put you through the talk turmoil of uh, the two minute brain buster quiz this week maybe on a future episode but that was a lot of fun and we, we did a few of those uh, back in 2019 and there's still a, a record of nine correct questions in two minutes to beat, uh, that was from Grizz one of our kind of uh, regular contributors here on the podcast, and next week we'll be reintroducing the two minute brainbuster quiz with Ashley Clements who's going to be joining us uh, to discuss all things good about AEW NXT and previewing TakeOver Portland next Saturday as well and he'll be taking the quiz as I mentioned along with what's floating his boat and grinding his gears and all that good stuff but uh, back to you Mags, uh, brilliant to have you on the podcast um, and And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to on your podcast, because you've not got just the one podcast, as we mentioned the last time you were on. You've got three podcasts. You've got Badlands, you've got Why We Watch and uh, you've got one more that focuses on MMA. But uh, give us a little bit of a rundown about what you've been up to lately on your podcast, um, just in case any of my listeners might be interested in tuning in and checking you out, Mags
1: yeah no problem thank you uh for the opportunity uh for the the mma one it's it's called five rounds uh it's it's usually me and my son reviewing the the ufc events of the weekend but uh since the new year it's kind of been sparse with uh in terms of ufc events i think there's only been two so we've been uh, kind of filling it with different uh kind of topics and ideas we've had like uh, a draft and we've had a uh, We've had a quiz on there. So, yeah, that's uh, interesting. This weekend, we've got uh, a really big show with uh, uh, John Bourne. Joe taking on Dominic Ray. So, uh, this coming Tuesday, we'll have a, a review out for that. Uh, for while we watch, it's it's, it's the same as, as before. That, that, that podcast is my little baby. Um, I speak to uh, wrestling fans and uh, wrestling content creators uh, about why they love this wacky sport. Uh, Why they got into creating content about that um, i've had some re- really really interesting guests on there i've had a first actual wrestler on their guy called one man crew uh, but yeah it, it's more about shedding light on people who, who put themselves out there to create content about wrestling i mean it's, it's a daunting prospect to just stick your voice out there and your opinions out there in the ether and i'd just like to to like shed a bit of light on these people and maybe if i can help them get more listeners then that's great uh the other one is uh the fun podcast that that i do it's uh, with me and my my tag team partner, my podcast wife paul Toller. uh you can <laughs> follow him at reencounter yeah and, and typically on there we we have guests on and we formulate the mount rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all times uh, but we also have um, a weekly topic where we'll format, uh, formulate a Mount Rushmore surrounding that topic. So, for instance, we've we've recently had uh, the Mount Rushmore of uh, title belt redesigns, uh, and we've, uh, John, we've got one coming up uh, where we're actually having a draft where we're going to be drafting the uh, the best cruiserweight uh, wrestlers to uh, have ever entered the ring. So, yeah, it's just a, a fun little podcast. Um, yeah, it's just. I enjoy doing it and I just it's it's really fun interesting content which which is what wrestling should be about really it should, shouldn't be all so serious all the time it's there yeah. as an entertainment program
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to be a guest on your next couple of podcasts. I know that I'm going to be uh, a guest on your next Badlands. Uh, As you mentioned, we're going to be covering cruiserweight champions over, you know, over the history and kind of uh, formulating a a top 10 draft. You said, so that'll be really good fun. Um, Can't wait to kind of get my head around that and kind of get my my top 10 picks and uh, can't wait to record on uh, on Wednesday, but uh, yeah, and then we're going to be doing a uh, wiry watch as well. So uh, you're going to be kind of doing a little, little bit of uh, uh, an interview with me, so to speak, to find out kind of what got me interested in <laughs> a podcast in order. So I'm looking forward to that kind of turning turning the tables, really, because I'm sh- the one that's usually doing the interviews. So the uh, shoe, be, is on, the
1: yeah. the <laughs> shoe
0: is on the other foot. Yeah, <laughs> shoe on the other foot. There we go. So um, Max, you you when you were last on, you mentioned how um, much of an AEW fan you are. Um, you were certainly back then, how you thought it was a great alternative, how it kind of appealed to more the lapsed fan or the fan that wanted more the traditional style and feel of wrestling instead of, you know, a lot of the PG stuff that we tend to be used to by WWE. Not necessarily NXT, but certainly the, the war and the SmackDown and kind of where they, you know, maybe uh, don't really play to the fans as well as aew does i suppose um and it, it kind of it, do you still feel that same way about aew i mean um, it's what been going for about four months now i think um is it still you know dare i say it floating in your boat mags
1: it absolutely is um i've not missed one episode yet which uh for me and and my kind of um attention span that's that that speaks volumes uh I don't think they've had a, a show that I would say has gone perfectly without without problems or without issues, but for a company mm-hmm. so young, so much in their infancy, they're mm-hmm. absolutely knocking it out of the park. Uh, and I also like the way that they're still reacting to the fans uh, when storylines aren't kind of catching the fans' attention and there's a, a, quite a bit of a backlash online about it, the they they're quite uh, willing to to kind of drop them storylines and focus on what is grabbing people's attention and what kind of storylines are hitting the mark. So yeah, I think they're doing really really well. Um, in 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 wrestling Twitter, there there is always going to be people who uh, who kind of like macro analyze to the nth degree. But uh, as a as a as a wrestling program, yeah, I, I can't say I've got many complaints. Yeah, and of course we're going to be
0: covering AEW and we're going to be covering NXT fairly soon. But looking at the the, the kind of general scene within WWE at the moment, obviously we've got the Super Showdown pay-per-view happening towards the end of February. I think it's the 27th of February from Saudi Arabia. Typically, that's not a show that I put too much stock in or or cover too much or certainly review on the show I don't tend to kind of look at those sort of pay-per-views but it's building quite an interesting card I think on last night's Smackdown it was announced that Goldberg is going to be going up against The Fiend to challenge for the Universal Championship you've got Brock Lesnar going up against Ricochet so that's quite a fresh and interesting match especially considering their interactions they've had on Raw and at the War Rumble Um, and I think it's going to be a, a Smackdown Women's Championship match as well which will be you know a Another, another step forward uh, for having women on a wrestling card in Saudi Arabia. Um, and then, of course, we're well on the way to, well on the road to WrestleMania. We've got Elimination Chamber in March and Mania, of course, in April. So is there anything in WWE, kind of the, the Raw and SmackDown product, that's kind of turning you on at the moment, that's capturing your interest or kind of, you know, or, or vice, you know conversely, um, turning you off the product even more, maybe? Yeah.
1: Um, as someone who, who never watches Raw or SmackDown, uh, I've never, for the last about 12 years, I've never been a, a consistent watcher of the main product. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely won't be watching the, the Saudi Arabia show. I've, I've never watched one yet, and I don't intend to. Uh, I must say that the the, the, the pay-per-views I watch have have hit it absolutely out of the park. I, I can't remember the last really bad uh WWE paper I mean maybe the finish of the hell of the cell one was bad but before <laughs> yeah. that the matches were good uh Royal Rumble this year I thought was absolutely absolutely nailed on I think the it was booked really really well uh so For the main show, no, I I, I can't give you a definitive answer because I literally don't watch it. Uh, But there is some – I mean, obviously, I know what happens. I read the results and I I, I listen to people's podcasts about what happens. But uh, some of the storylines kind of have been dragged out. For instance, the the Roman Reigns one with uh, Baron Corbin feels like it should have ended – Months ago, and, oh. yeah, and we're still here. We're still going to uh, Saudi Arabia with this storyline. Hopefully, in a cage.
0: that's the blow. Yeah. Oh, will it be though? Oh, god, I hope so. <laughs> uh, but uh,
1: although they just they've got to be
0: just mocking the fans, surely by kind of giving them one more match. But uh, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, we thought the, the Royal Rumble. We thought the T- their TLC encounter was going to be the last one. But no, we got one at, at uh, the Royal Rumble. There, there. Uh, what was it? A, a street fight was okay. Falls count match was okay. And now we got the steel cage match in Saudi. Arabia the only thing I can say is I'm glad that it's happening um, in Saudi Arabia and it's, it's a show or a match that I won't be watching but I, I might catch the uh, Ricochet Brock Lesnar match that does intrigue me that does intrigue Absolutely. me I think Brock always has his best matches with the smaller opponent we've seen it time and time again against the likes of Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and I'm sure he's going to knock it out of the park with Ricochet and I thought Brock's performance at the War Rumble was outstanding in terms of the way he dominated the first uh, half an hour or so, and then the way that he sold Drew's Claymore kick, and then the way he kind of sold for the next two or three minutes outside the ring really put Drew over even more. And, I, 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 you know, John Cena said he's possibly the best wrestler quote unquote in the history. I think John Cena is kind of, uh, you know, (laughs) know, kind of blowing it out of proportion there, but uh, he does have a point in terms of, you know, Brock is definitely underrated in terms of how he not only, you know, he's able to put himself over, but his opponents over, and he's possibly one of the best sellers in the business, but his match against Ricochet at uh, super showdown is definitely one that I'll be watching. Um, If I don't watch the rest of the show, I'll definitely be watching that match. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I think, um, like, Maybe <laughs> I, I, I agree with everything what you what you just said about Brett Lesnar. I think he has amazing matches with uh, with smaller opponents. People who mm. you, he is expected to dominate against, and and kind of just can't catch him. It's like that speed versus uh, power kind of a battle. Um, and uh, with the Royal Rumble, I thought it was absolutely booked to perfection. We had uh, basically two rumbles in one. We had uh, one that harkened back to Stone Cold in 1997, where we just had one dominant person just absolutely. Laying waste to the rest of the the roster, but then when the made man, uh came along, Drew uh, Drew uh, McIntyre took uh, took Brock Lesnar out, and from that is absolutely the the star that he should have been two three years ago when he first came back to the WWE. So yeah, uh, I I've always been of the opinion of Brock Lesnar as when he finally does give up wrestling, will will kind of realize what just what we had we've had a once in a lifetime uh kind of talent and we'll we'll miss him when he's gone
0: oh totally agree totally agree that's a really good way of putting it um but uh, before we kind of look at aw dynamite so uh, mags where can my listeners kind of find your podcast um or get in touch where can they listen to uh the badlands why we watch and uh five more rounds podcast so go chuck out some, some plugs nice and early buddy
1: yeah, thank you very much for, for that. Uh, you can find uh, Five Rounds and While We Watch there on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. You can find that on any uh, pod, uh, podcast platform that you choose. Um, and Badlands is on the Chairshot Radio Network. Again, uh, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can, you can find that. Uh, we are in the process of actually uh, moving from, well, the Chairshot and... Is uh, merging with uh, another wrestling uh, news outlet called E Wrestling News, which is uh, I think it's the fourth biggest uh, wrestling news. Uh, website in the world, and we're looking uh, to basically be the forefront of their their podcast uh, section. So yeah, big uh, big news in coming up for for Badlands. Uh, we're m- uh, making strides and making moves, but yeah, uh, you can find them there on Twitter. You can follow me at Daj There's links there to to all my content, and yeah, I'm I'm always up for a, a debate or a chat about wrestling. Yeah, so just yeah. come and check me out
0: awesome and we'll make sure that the uh, your, your links or your handles are kind of added to the description of this podcast so just click into the podcast description folks and uh, check out mags and all of his uh wonderful content um he's a fantastic podcaster and i can't wait to uh, be on these shows this coming week so yeah, check no. that out i'll be I'll be promoting that on uh, on the various jonah's uh, social pages so don't worry about that but the the, the biggest Highlight oh, no, the biggest talking point coming out of this week's AW has to be the main event section with the, the 10 lashes. Now, of course, MJF set these stipulations where he couldn't touch MJ, Cody couldn't touch MJF before their uh, advertised match at Revolution, which is taking place on the 29th of Feb. Um, Cody also had to have a steel cage match with Wardlow, which happens in a few weeks time. Um, I think that's possibly a week or two weeks before the pay-per-view. And then of course the other stipulation, a big stipulation, the one we're going to be talking about now is that Cody had to take 10 lashes uh, from MJF and he had to, Cody has to abide by these stipulations in order to be able to finally get his hands on MJF and get the match at revolution. But <laughs> all of AW Dynamite, so It was kind of building towards this main event segment, these 10 lashes. Um, I, I've got to say, you know, Cody's entrance was fantastic. I, I always love Cody's entrance. It kind of he, He's a real megastar, and I think he's possibly the biggest baby face on the company. Um, we get a collection of kind of like baby faces, and, and he was on the stage, but baby faces coming out to kind of support Cody uh, throughout the 10 lashes. NJF. Um, was, was amazing in this segment. He kind of even took a couple of run-ups to deliver some of the lashes to Cody's back. And every single one, I think the first couple, Cody took like a man, That the next few, he was down on his hands and knees. You could tell that he was in pain. You could tell that he was struggling. But he, he stood up after each one, uh, no matter how hard he was being hit. You had Dustin come out to support him. Dustin, I think, even jumped in the ring, um, offering to take the final few lashes for his brother. But Cody tell him no, it's mine. I'm going to take them. Brandy came down. I think Wardlow took the ninth, second to last. Uh, the, the ninth uh, lash, uh, well, he kind of delivered the ninth lash and then, um, uh, MJF delivered the final one across the, across the chest. He didn't look, it was quite high, possibly closer to the neck region, but it was described as being across the chest of, of Cody before getting out of dodge and tailing through the crowd. Um they were being chased down by some wrestlers. I think even a fan got involved and I think he got beat down by NGF and Wardlow at the kind of the top of the steps. But this was a really, really amazing segment. Max, I'm sure you'll agree. It was something that we, we kind of haven't really seen, not, not something we're used to in the wrestling business. You could probably harp back to maybe the extreme era of ECW when they would do canings and things like this. Uh, but you're talking 20, 25 years ago, since we've seen anything remotely similar on, on a mainstream wrestling pro- product anyway. You possibly got your hardcore groups or your indie groups that might have done something similar that I'm not aware of. But when you've got Cody on the screen, it's always gold. When you've got MJF on the screen, it's always gold. These two have built this feud to a a pinnacle now where you just can't wait for the two of them to meet. And you've still got the steel cage match between Cody and Wardlow um, to to go in a couple of weeks time. But give us your kind of perspective on what happened in this main event section of this week's AEW Dynamite. The 10 lashes. um, I thought all the participants in this knocked it out of the park and I thought it was well, one of the best segments on a wrestling show I've seen in a long, long time. But give us your thoughts and feelings on this one, then, Mags.
1: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. It was by far the best segment of of the week in wrestling for me. Um, Again, it's just that what what gets me with AEW is the nuances, it's not so much like the bigger picture, it's those little details. Uh, if you uh recall a while ago, Cordy did a promo where uh he was saying about when he reached out for people who, who he'd helped, there was nobody there, they were all a little bit preoccupied, and now come back to this this show and everybody wanted to to take those shots for him everybody wanted to be like there to help him and it's those kind of like little moments that that made this so much better of a of a of or, an already amazing segment and then i like the um, the the kind of like character change of mgf during during the segment he was having fun at the beginning he was really like enjoying uh, giving it to Cody and, and uh, telling guys like Arn that they weren't they weren't allowed to get involved that they couldn't help. But when it got to the the last few, you could see he was getting frustrated that he couldn't break Cody down, mm-hmm. and it, there was more kind of uh, venom in his shots when uh, especially the last uh, last two or three the one that that caught the back of cordy's neck was at, looked absolutely brutal and the pictures i've seen a bit afterwards it looked like it was getting redder and redder as time went on uh yeah, yeah i thought the segment was played to perfection we had the books obviously coming down to try and help we had dustin like you said came and, and wanted to to take those uh, shots for him. um i think this kind of cemented cordy's position as not only the, 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 the best baby face in AEW, I think, arguably the best baby face in wrestling today.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we've still got three weeks until the Revolution pay per view, and I'm sure the storyline is going to build, and we've still got the cage match in a couple of weeks' time between Cody and Wardlow, and you're going to see these two interact every week I think up until the pay-per-view kind of Mm -hmm. getting us more and more hyped for that match one thought that's kind of crossed my mind have they peaked too soon do you think do you think they should have left this this lashing until closer to the pay-per-view maybe the week before the pay-per-view should they have started these stipulations with the cage match have they possibly peaked too soon and how can they top it in the next three weeks before revolution then Mags?
1: Possibly you you may be right with that Uh, there is uh, uh, quite a gap but in saying that, I thought that they, they kind of did the, the 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 MGF turn a little bit too soon, and and I've been proven wrong with that. I think they've uh, they've worked this storyline really well, so I'm quietly confident that they've got more tricks in in the bag. I don't think they would have uh, would have uh, basically shut the Lord so early and then yeah. kind of let the fans almost like cool down. I think the 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 cage match is going to bring something unexpected uh, how we're going to get keep that fever pitch up i don't know maybe uh involving um dustin or the bucks or or even brandy who came down to try and help. maybe we could get some kind of that, um matches or stories involving them or uh, or even angles or vignettes something like that uh, but i'm i'm positive that they'll they'll keep this going this is their their biggest match of, of revolution. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I can't see, can't see him failing on this, to be honest. It's just, it's too good of a storyline for them to, for, for to let this cool down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love the, the chemistry that, that um, MJF has with Cody and I, I like his kind of chemistry he has with uh, Wardlow as well I think Wardlow makes a great henchman he's, he's kind of a bit of a silent assassin gets involved when he needs to um, and uh, we've not seen him in a match yet so I think the Steel Cage match will possibly be his debut on AEW unless I'm mistaken I don't think I've seen him without his suit off to be honest with you but uh, that will be quite good and I know the individuals involved they're going to make sure that this doesn't fail and that they, that they haven't peaked this past Wednesday and that they're going to keep delivering and giving us more and more and more um, so it makes you think that if this is what they're giving us three weeks out from the pay-per-view, four weeks out from the pay-per-view, what are they going to give us in the next few weeks um, before Re- Revolution itself? So it's quite exciting. And that that in itself is enough to get people kind of excited and, and kind of wanting to tune in every Wednesday as well to think, what? Well, how can they top it? What are they going to do to top it? And uh, I'm sure they will because I think when they have a when they hit upon a storyline like this, like they did when in the build up to Jericho versus Cody, I thought that that run um, of, of weeks leading up to their match at um, was it all out? Uh, what was uh, it? Might have been. Um, the, the pay-per-view they had in October or November, but uh, the, the Jericho versus Cody match was fantastic. But the build up to that made you want to see that match, made you want to see that pay-per-view. They sold it. And I think they're delivering on this one as well. So I'm intrigued. I'll be tuning in Wednesday to see what Cody and MJF have in store and what what's uh, to be said. Um, but uh, maybe the reason they didn't have the 10 lashes so close to the pay-per-view is possibly because of the physical effects it would have had on Cody. I'm sure he's going to be sore for a week uh, following that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, he's going to be even more angry and even more determined when they do finally touch. Um, you know, I, I think what they're doing here is that they're, they're selling us on the fact that we can't wait to see Cody kick MJF's ass. And yeah. when that happens, I think you know, you've know you got the biggest baby face, and you've got the biggest heel um, on, on that brand, and uh, they're going to be going at it. And like you said, it is possibly the, the biggest match on the pay-per-view. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, other highlights uh, from this week's AEW Dynamite, you had a big eight-man tag match uh, featuring the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page, of course, Page and Omega are the current uh, AW Tag Team champions going up against the Butcher, the Blade um, and the Candlestick Maker. No, the Butcher, the Blade <laughs> and the, the Lucha Brothers, of course. Um, and This was, you know, it was the heel combo that came out the victors and this after the, the Lucha Brothers hit their penta driver and double foot stomp for the eventual win. However, the, the big story coming out of this one is about Adam Page again appearing to, you know, refuse to tag, to tag in the, the Bucks during the match, despite having, uh, you know, a damaged uh, damaged wheel, a damaged left knee, almost certainly leading to the eventual loss for the Bucks um, because he, he kind of wouldn't tag out, uh, you know, for, for the face team. Um, but we see, you know, Page literally drowning his sorrows with a a brewski, with a a lager uh, on the outside with the fans as the Bucks and Omega kind of look on in disappointment, really, as, as Paige then kind of disappeared through the crowd with a with a brew ski in hand. So that's kind of the biggest storyline coming out of all of this. And I think that's um leading to a tag team championship match next Wednesday because SCU won a, a number one contender's match uh, against best friends. So it'll be SCU looking to regain their championships um against Omega and page next Wednesday. But give us your thoughts on kind of what went down here and storyline they're trying to portray with Adam Page um once again similar to the the, the MJF and Cody storyline I think they're playing this very well it's kind of subtle maybe not so subtle with the drinking angle uh, but I think all parties are kind of you know, playing their part very well in this angle but to give a short take on on what we saw on Wednesday and kind of the bigger picture
1: yeah um and I'm, I'm not I'm usually a big fan of uh, kind of um addiction storylines uh we've had it obviously with uh with uh scott hall when he was uh, when re- he was really really ill with uh fighting his demons so it, it's never something that kind of like i get excited about but i think they're playing this one really really well uh for my money they need to keep adam page the face in this they don't they they need to keep him as as the 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 guy who's who's kind of like suffering because of his drinking but it's it's you, you need to feel sympathetic to him rather than like kind of like cast him aside i think and we've all known that the books have, have always played well as heels uh, they they spent a majority of their their indie career as like these cocky smarmy heels so um yeah i think i think this storyline it, it it needs to be trekked with uh kid gloves i think um it can it can easily go over the point of of it being kind of disrespectful to people who are suffering through addiction uh but yeah i'm i'm again I mean, it's one of those storylines where I'm, I'm quite confident that the guys know what they're doing and they yeah. know how know how far to take it um i i, I kind of don't like the fact that the the tag titles are being used in in almost like a as a like an afterthought, yeah. uh, just to keep um to keep Omega and, and Paige together. Uh it kinda made no sense to put the belts on them because it doesn't that's, this storyline doesn't really need those belts, to be fair. Uh they they were already an established group uh before even AEW started. So we could it could have easily been played off about about uh Page kind of coming away from this uh this group or feeling a bit kind of frustrated with his position in the group and and, and then we could have seen like the likes of the, the Lucha brothers or best friends still challenging for those titles. So it kind of holds the, the tag titles in limbo. Maybe we'll get that kind of um taken out of the picture if we get the SCU picking up the towels uh in in the in the upcoming match. Um, yeah. Which which then would kind of make sense because it, if if Paige is the reason why they lose the match it, because he's uh is inebriated or or the drink has kind of affected him, it it makes a, a good use of those tag titles I suppose. But yeah, it's a it's a very very touchy subject, uh, and it's one that so far they've been playing really really well. But it's one of those where you're always on the precipice of it going like down a bit of a darker route. And I don't really think that they should, they should go that way
0: yeah and, it, and there was also a, a little bit of comedy involved i think it was a backstage segment where um i think it was <laughs> members of the elite were kind of lambasting uh adam page for, yeah. uh, not tagging out and uh you know uh, they said I, uh, we think we can see what the problem is and kind of took the beer away from his hand and then as as, as they disappeared off scene you, you kind of saw maybe a little bit of remorse <laughs> on, on page's face and then from out of nowhere he lifts up a pitcher filled with uh <laughs> filled with beer filled with lager just carries on drinking so uh, that you know from, uh, it was about five party.
1: liters as well well, <laughs> yeah,
0: from a dark subject. I uh, kind of got a little bit of a chuckle out of that, to be honest with you. But uh, there's yeah. one of two ways that this could go, in my opinion. You, you're quite right. SEU could regain the, the, the Tag Team Championships next Wednesday. I, my gut instinct is telling me that that's possibly a bit too soon for S.E.U. to regain the gold. To be honest with you, um, I think they're going to kind of drag this out a little bit, possibly to a matchup revolution. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ends with maybe the Bucks uh, contending for the tag team titles against Omega and Page. I think that that would be kind of the more logical route for uh, you know, the tag team titles to go. You know, down that road to have the Elite in one match, the Bucks on one side of the, the ring against Omega and Page, the champions on the other side. And I, I think the Bucks. I think they're deserving to be the next AEW tag team champions. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, I'd like to see that match. I, I, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more interested to see kind of where it goes with Adam Page though. Is he going to turn full blown heel? Is the, is the alcohol going to kind of um, impact in, in one of their matches, leading to a loss of the titles possibly? Um, you know, is it going to eventually lead to a, a, a big full-blown feud between Omega and Adam Page? There's many ways this can go, both with the, the tag title picture and kind of with the singles feud and all, all the pieces of the puzzle kind of aren't quite in place yet, but I think that's part of the fascination of the storyline is you don't quite know where it's going to go and uh, there's many ways it could go, um, but uh, yeah, I'm in intrigued to see where this one goes. This is another one that's kind of getting me thinking about uh, another you know, possible uh, big match at Revolution. Like I said, possibly the Young Bucks versus Omega and Page for the tag team titles. I think if they're going to have a championship match, a tag title championship match at Revolution, I think that's the match it needs to be. But uh, you've just said yourself you'd love to see that match. Um, any kind of um, thoughts on my fantasy booking scenario there,
1: Max? Yeah, I, I like it. I, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that it's the path is not like directly determined there's many different kind of routes that this could go down uh i would love for it to lead to a a books versus a hangman and, and uh omega match and again that then leading to um uh, Omega versus Page match. Yeah, I think uh, some really, really interesting booking and, and that's again it's it's one of the good things that, that about AEW is how they're keeping the fans engaged and interested because you just you you can kind of you can kind of guess what's going on but you, you just don't quite know where where the stories are going. Yeah
0: exactly. Um and then kind of the final highlight I'm going we're going to talk about now from AW was actually what kicked it all off this week and it was uh, uh John Moxley coming out. He had a match with Ortiz from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, I don't know if they call themselves uh, pride and powerful anymore or um just Santana and Ortiz as far as I'm concerned. It's a shame <laughs> they can't use the LAX moniker but uh, there we go. They're part of the inner circle but John Moxley what, what I really loved uh, to kick things off was uh, Justin Roberts' uh, ring announcement of, of John Moxley. I think that's got to be the best uh, uh, ring announcement in, in wrestling at the moment, and he really kind of accentuates the the, the, the John like he yeah. did when he used to uh, introduce John Cena. But it's even more fire behind it now. I absolutely love uh, Justin I, Roberts for that call. I think I think
1: they've even got a T-shirt out with it with uh, him saying like "John Moxley. Yeah, what's going on?
0: Yeah, no, but. I'll have to hunt that one down. That that would be a cool T-shirt. But uh, yeah, I believe mean, it was a fun match. Uh, Moxley getting the win via the, the paradigm shift, getting the one, two, three. And then the storyline going out of this, of course, uh, John Moxley refused to be part of the Inner Circle, kind of uh, accepted and then, and then kind of double-crossed uh, Chris Jericho in the Inner Circle a few weeks back on AEW Dynamite, of course. And uh, I think just before the Jericho cruise, I think on the Dynamite the Wednesday before, didn't Jericho get one of the spikes off of his jacket and kind of uh, claw away at, at one of Moxley's eyes. And uh, he's been, he's been selling that eye injury, selling that eye patch like a, like a, like a pro. He's, he's really, you know, kayfabe is not dead to John Moxley and kind of way out in the street and the Jericho cruise, uh, any sort of photograph you see of him on uh, social media, he's, he's really rocking that eye patch. And that could be a long-term gimmick. You never know. Uh, but this week he kind of got a bit of payback, a bit of retribution and uh, Santana, and Ortiz's tag team partner, of course, uh, kept getting uh, involved in the match mags. And uh, uh, we, we tried to get involved towards the end, but got bundled off the ring apron. And then when he came into the ring after the match, I think Moxley um, got a, his key uh, to that uh, very expensive, I think, £750,000 car that he kind of uh, got from uh, from the inner circle and he kind of jabbed away and kind of uh, he tried to kind of blind Santana um, in the same way that Moxley was blinded a few weeks earlier by, by Jericho. So I think, Obviously, you've got Jericho Moxley to look forward to at Revolution on the 29th of February. And th- the story kind of leading up to that pay-per-view match is going to be how it appears John Moxley is going to be going through the inner circle one by one. And uh, this week it was Ortiz. Next week he's actually got a match with Santana. So that will be a good match. Um, but give us your thoughts on what went down here, the story they're trying to tell and um, and that eye patch that John Moxley is rocking uh, <laughs> like like an absolute demon. He really is.
1: I love the art patch. I think it makes <laughs> him look like a big boss from um, from Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, again it's a, a it's a good way of keeping this this storyline uh with uh, with Jericho and Moxley kind of fresh. Um it we've known that this is gonna be the matchup for for uh for the paper for for a long, long time and Again, it's kind of like the the Corda and MGF. You've got to kind of up the up the amp ampage to, to make sure it doesn't cool off. And this is a perfect way to do it. Having uh having like a, a posse of guys like uh the inner circle, uh it it allows for, for you kind of almost like you're you facing mini boss after mini boss until you get to the the big boss which is uh which is Chris Jericho. Um, I'm interested to see what uh what um is meant by an hour for an hour match. Uh, obviously, both of them um, mm-hmm. now have eye injuries. Uh, maybe it could lead to like, a blindfold match. I have no idea. But yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really enjoying uh, Moxley in AEW, and I'm really enjoying Chris Jericho in AEW. I think they've both uh, had a real breath of fresh air breathed into their their wrestling careers from this company. And totally it's it, it, yeah. it's it's absolutely great. To see.
0: Mm, yeah, totally. And uh, I know you're a big fan of, of Jericho. You're probably rocking Le Champion t-shirts as we speak. Mm. Uh, but, I've uh... actually
1: got, for my <laughs> birthday, I got an Undisputed Era t-shirt, so I'm traitoring on AEW. Ah.
0: <laughs> no no nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that but uh, but there we go so yep yeah, uh, th- that opened the show but that's how we're going to kind of close our uh, our little summary of, of AW well, kind of anyway I mean we've got quite a few matches to look forward to over the next few weeks with Dynamite I mean uh, during this week's Dynamite it was confirmed that Kenny Omega will be going uh, in a 30 minute Ironman match with Pack. Uh, those two have had a bit of a rivalry over the last few months um, and that's going to be taking place in a few weeks time I think uh, possibly on the go home show to Revolution if I'm not mistaken but uh, possibly leading into our discussion regarding Adam Page and you know could there be some shenanigans there with with, uh, members of the elite or possibly Page getting involved in that one but that's going to be a really good 30 minute Ironman match pack versus Kenny Omega um there's also been announced for next week uh, a, a women's title match. Ryu, the current women's champion, going up against Nyla Rose. I'm a big fan of Nyla Rose. And uh, there's also going to be Adam Page versus Kenny Omega versus uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega, um, of course, going up against SCU. We mentioned that SCU are the new number one contenders looking to regain their gold. Um, and then, of course, um, we mentioned it earlier the steel cage match between Wardlow and Cody happening in a couple of weeks time. Um, so some big matches. That they're kind of putting out there, getting us all salivating and looking forward to up and coming episodes of Dynamite. So, plenty to look forward to there. Some really big matches. Um, any, any kind of standout matches there? I'm guessing possibly the Iron Man match you're looking forward to, but, uh, um, but the, the schedule of matches for the next few weeks on Dynamite is looking pretty good already.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, the one that uh, I'm looking forward to probably the most is the Nala Rose versus Rio one. I think. Uh, obviously uh Rio was the right person at the time to to put the belt on uh to really showcase that kind of joshy style wrestling but she's a she obviously works for another company as well and I think now the Rose has slowly kind of built this monster uh persona that that we all expected her to have from the very beginning I think now it would be a right time to to kind of put that belt on her and and now we're going against some of more of the the face uh wrestlers that that are in the company uh one thing uh I I was really really impressed with and I, I, you didn't really touch on it was uh was the the continuation of the brit baker turning heel uh with the way that she's like pulling teeth out of people's mouths and mm. just she was obviously going to be the face of the company uh and it kind of didn't work and i like again this is uh I've got to give props to AEW. They've they've they've, uh, they've seen that it wasn't kind of working and they've totally flipped the switch, but but done it in such a way that it's looked natural. And I really really do have enjoyed it and I think it kind of covers some of Brits um that greenness in the ring almost the fact that she can now instead of like being technical she can be brutal and I think. Uh, it was a great way of showcasing that where she was ripping people's teeth out and 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 getting the victory like that. So yeah, uh, a lot to 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 keep you invested in in AEW. A lot to keep you coming back every week, and that's exactly what you want from a wrestling show.
0: Mm, yeah, totally agree. So another cracking episode of AEW Dynamite. Sir. But let's have a little look at some NXT highlights in Mag. So straight off the bat. We've got to go with kind of what closed the show, really. The biggest highlight, the biggest, probably the biggest talking point coming out was the return of the Velveteen Dream. So this kind of all came off the back of uh, uh, it was a multi-man match. I think it was a, 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 a match between the Broserweights and Tommaso Ciampa going up against Adam Cole, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So this was a really fun match. And this all stems from a big kind of seven-man brawl that happened earlier on in the night where UE were kind of scouring the backstage area, trying to find Tommaso Ciampa. In the end, Tommaso Ciampa found uh, them, found Adam Cole. Uh, They brought out into the arena. William Regal stepped in, as he uh, often does, um, and uh, announced a big six-man tag to take place in the main event. So the six-man tag, went to a disqualification end when Roddy Strong, who was kind of supporting his colleagues from the outside, he kept getting involved during the match, but he got involved kind of big style uh, at the end there, causing the disqualification uh, when I think he attacked Massive Champa in the ring. This led to undisputed area then spray painting a big yellow cross as in uh, x marks the spot on the back of Tommaso champa obviously further in their storyline Tommaso Ciampa is going to be going up against adam cole for the nxt championship um next sunday in portland take over portland um and then uh with the bros weights, they were kind of laid out on the outside they they were kind of uh left to ue decimating Tommaso Champa. to be honest with you. We thought to close the show, then the lights went out. Uh, there was a graphic on the screen, these three circles that have been kind of popping up um, in the bottom corner of our screen throughout the night, kind of wondering what they were. They were today's, they were Wednesday's date. And then they kind of merged into the the three lensed uh, glasses, sunglasses, spectacles that the Velveteen Dream normally wears. And then we saw an image um, of uh, somebody up on a top turnbuckle the lights came on. It was the Velveteen Dream. He's been out for about four months now. I think it's in storyline mode. He was put out uh, by the Undisputed here in a backstage attack, but he's actually been suffering some quite severe uh, back pains, back injuries. I don't know if he's had surgery or just kind of had, just recovered uh, with, with therapy. And uh, But the dream, he dropped all four members of UE in the ring with a big flying crossbody. Um, he then kind of, I think, uh, went after body Strong. He pulled off his his uh, trousers to reveal some spray-painted uh, trunks, um, a la Ravishing Rick Rude with a picture of uh, the velveteen dream himself and uh, marina shafir roddy strong's wife so that was pretty cool and that's how the show went off the air with the return of the velveteen dream it's quite unexpected um but uh, a real pop from me a real pop from the fans in the the full sale arena the nxt arena as they're calling it now uh, but a real highlight to cap off another great week of nxt but uh, the velveteen dream uh, i'm guessing you're a fan of his or maybe you're not uh, but uh, what was your reactions to to what went down on wednesday night
1: I loved it. I absolutely loved the Velvet Team. It took me a while to get into him. I didn't really kind of uh, get the character, uh, but then when we had the uh, the same man name promo, and um, yeah, it, it just clicked with me. Um, yeah, it, it was superb. I, I think he, he looked almost superhero like when he mm-hmm. was when he was fighting off the the undisputed Era. I mean, there were there were points where he was he was facing off against all four of them and and none of them could get a shot off of him which I thought was a little bit overboard but yeah the the trousers was an absolutely brilliant (laughs) brilliant point uh the call did he have on it like call me uh marina or something like (laughs) that yeah a picture of uh of their kid or something yeah just yeah it's velveteen dream being velveteen dreamer a great end to a show and like i said it was very very unexpected because normally you kind of hear these whisperings that these characters are coming back i mean for instance we we kind of knew that charlotte was going to be on the show because we'd, we'd heard the rumors but I don't remember seeing any rumours that Velveteen was uh, going to be be ready to come back. And it was a great way to end the show. Yeah, it really was,
0: and I think that you know, d- despite the fact he's been recovering from a serious back injury, I think the absence has done velvetine Dream good, to be honest with you, because he, he was being, I'm not going to say overexposed, but he was on NXT every single week because of course people see him as a, a you know a, an amazing character, a good wrestler, um, somebody that's good on the microphone, pretty much the total package. It's going to do well, you know, on the bigger stage in the future, I'm sure. But he was kind of you know d- to the allure of the Valentina dream was kind of wearing off a little bit in my eyes anyway so having that three or four months uh, absence uh to recover from his back injury i think it's done in good he's come back um, nice and fresh in everybody's eyes um he looked great on wednesday He's now back in kind of like the, the main event scene, you could say, possibly feuding with members of the Undisputed Era. Um, who knows where that could lead? There's been rumblings that he might be involved in a Magic WrestleMania against John Cena. I hope that doesn't wow. happen because uh, uh, I, 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 I'm not the biggest John Cena fan. But I think if we're going to, you know, introduce Velveteen Dream, let's let's do it kind of gradually on the, on the main roster or maybe to a big pay-per-view like that. But, uh, but yes, I think there's obviously big plans for the Velveteen Dream, a great return on Wednesday. Night. Um love the pants. I love the kind of callback to ravishing Rick Rude as well. It's one of my kind of favourite wrestlers uh from the kind of the eighties and the nineties, early nineties. But uh, yeah, um absolutely loved it. So um uh, yeah, and uh, obviously it furthers the storyline between Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole. Of course, they got their big championship match at Portland Takeover Portland next Sunday, um, and uh, obviously you got to Undisputed Era further in their storyline with the, the, the Bros awaits uh, Pete Dunne Matt Riddle. They've got their tag team championship match um, uh, at Portland as well. So it kind of it kind of um, helped us further a few storylines but the big talking point was definitely the velveteen dream but um, yeah. um other highlights of nxt this week we had uh, dominic dijakovic he defeated killian dane uh, setting himself up as the official number one contender to keithley's north american championship and those two will be going at it at takeover portland as well keithley obviously the man at the moment on nxt uh, had a great run in the survivor series had a really good kind of cameo appearance and face to face with brock lesnar at the war rumble of course And obviously, Dijakovic and Keith Lee, they're like... uh, Godzilla and King Kong aren't they I think <laughs> these two you know they nearly had the feud of the year in 2019 their matches uh, you know never disappoint there's always some big kind of holy shit moments when they do get in the ring and with you know being on a, a takeover which is something they've not done before against one another and with a, a championship bout of the line I think that match is going to be absolutely tremendous and uh, could potentially be a show stealer but um, Keith Lee Dominic Dijakovic is, is it doing anything for you Max are you looking forward to
1: that one yeah, uh, it's one of those kind of matches where you could watch it, 10 different matches, and, and still be entertained. Uh, we've mm. had quite a lot of them like, recently, and uh, they've kind of thrown uh, Damian Priest in the mix a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a match I'm very, very happy to see. Um, in in the match that uh, Dominic Dajakovic had, uh, one thing that did stand out to me was how quickly uh, Killian Dane has has fallen off the radar. He came oh. back to uh, NXT like full of piss and vinegar with this uh, with this new kind of like uh, political Northern Irish gimmick, and it, I thought that signified the, him going to on to be uh, to have bigger and better things. Uh, we got a little bit of a feud with Pete Dunne. Uh, he was involved uh, with um, I think he was involved with Dominic Dijakovic uh, a few months ago, and then nothing, and then he's come back to to obviously be the full guy in this match but yeah uh going back to Keith Lee versus Dominic Dajakovic that's I think it's going to be easily the, the match of the night um those two have just got absolutely chemistry for days uh Keith Lee can do things that no man of his of his stature should be able to do and um I think Dominic Dajakovic is one of the most underrated talents in NXT so yeah I'm I'm all about that match
0: yeah, it could look, say, be, uh, be match of the night for sure. But then when we look at the, the TakeOver card a bit later, Mags, I mean, there, there's some mind-blowing matches on there, but uh, we, we'll discuss them very briefly a bit later. Then we had a kind of a split-screen interview segment, Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor um, ahead of their uh, talk about big matches for TakeOver, their epic uh, match that's set to take place in Portland next weekend. Uh, Johnny Gargano, he said that uh, he needs this match to, to beat the longest reigning NXT champion of all time to solidify himself as the face of the brand. Uh, Johnny went on to say that um, um, he didn't want the Finn Balor um, that lost to Bobby Lashley 17 weeks <laughs> in a row. I thought that was the line of yeah. the interview for sure. Uh, Balor yeah. then said that he won't just give Johnny Gargano the match of the year. He'll give Johnny Gargano the match of his life. So uh, Balor kind of uh, in there with, with another kind of, um, you know, a, a, a shot at Johnny Gargano. So another fun segment. Certainly, help to kind of further and build their storyline to take over Portland next week. And I think that uh, this is probably the match that a lot of people, mo- most people, are looking forward to. I-, I said on last week's episode of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast, you've possibly got the number one and the number two best wrestlers on the entire brand. Um, and I think my-, my guest at the time, Kurt Johansson, said it's possibly the number one and the number two wrestlers in the world, some might say, going yeah, uh, against one another. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But um, another another top match for TakeOver Portland. Um, any kind of takeaways from this interview segment and kind of your feelings ahead of their match uh, at TakeOver Portland next weekend?
1: Yeah, um, again, I, th- I, I love this match. Um, I love the way that uh, that Johnny's kind of like the defender of of the new style of NXT. And then obviously Finn Balor's come back, uh, wanting to take it Almost back to his style. Obviously, we're getting the uh, to 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 get his future. We must must uh, go back to his past kind of thing. I really love the kind of the two heads of NXT new and old really facing off, and yeah, it's a a very interesting match. And if they're allowed to to do what we know that they can do, this this again is. It's potentially match of the night. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we keep speaking about these matches and they're all they're all gonna be trying to outdo each other. Yeah, it's it's just NXT just knocks it out of the park every single takeover.
0: Yeah. But but that's it. I mean, with NXT, we've said this time and time again, Max, you know, they don't restrict their wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give them credit, you will have five maybe six show-stealing matches on Saturday night in Portland but each one of them will be different they will both have their different flavor a yeah. different feel their different vibe and they, they could all be potentially you know good four four and a half five star matches but all be completely different for one another which is which is the best thing about NXT they don't restrict their wrestlers but uh, they really know how to kind of structure the matches put the matches together build the feuds and leading into these big shows. Uh, but yeah, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, um, many people might say that that could main event the show or whether they're going to go with Tommaso versus Adam Cole for the championship to main event the show. But, you know, once again, you look at the card, you can just kind of put put a pin in any of the names, really, and that could be your main event. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that match is going to be amazing. Um, give them a good... Twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes, and let them kind of do what they do. Just let them do what they do. Um, we 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 saw Jordan Devlin on Wednesday as well, going up against Tyler Breeze, another NXT favorite. This was a non-title match, of course. Jordan Devlin recently winning the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and that really good four-way match at Worlds Collide a couple of weekends ago. Uh, the Irish Ace uh, put Tyler Breeze away with a, with a stiff headbutt, and then he's Devlin side uh, say to suplex for the one, two, three. I really enjoyed this match. I thought Tyler Breeze was the perfect opponent for for Jordan Devlin in the match uh, such as this. And Tyler Breeze got a fair bit of offence in, to be honest with you. But what I'm really impressed about, and what I really want your thoughts on, Mags, is, is, is Jordan Devlin. And uh, we said for such a long time that he's been delivering on the, the indie scene around Europe and around... The UK, of course, he's really caught fire on NXT UK, but uh, they finally pushed the button on this guy. They finally kind of, you know, uh, lit the kind of the the blue touch paper, you could say, and they gave him the belt at Worlds Collide. And he's running with it. Uh, You know, a great match here, although it's non-title. He's appearing on uh, 205 Live and um, his, his character he's there he's his wrestling ability he's really kind of becoming the total package and uh, when we talk about cruiserweights on wednesday on badlands jordan devlin may not come up but i think <laughs> if, we were to, if we if we if we were to do the same podcast in a few years time he may well come up as one of the best cruiserweights you never know
1: yep absolutely and is he, i feel kind of a little bit guilty uh, in the fact that He was one of ours, like he was uh, kind of one of our our hidden gems and I don't really want to share him with the rest of the wrestling (laughs) world uh, in that way, but... He's for, for someone who has been in one of the hugest shadows in wrestling underneath Finn Balor coming from basically the the same town, the same uh, training underneath him. Wow. He's, he's really, really stepped out of that shadow and, and made his, made himself his own person. Absolutely. So, so proud of, of how he, he has stepped up and going, going across to, uh, the, the golden yellow of, of NXT, uh, for me, he was always gonna be he was always stuck in a kind of a position in NXT UK where he was never going to be the top guy with uh with when uh Walter Sand, he was yeah. always gonna be that the second guy. So I'm glad that they kinda of did find this role for him uh, as the NXT cruiserweight champion. And now yeah. he's we're gonna get dream match after dream match after dream match with him. Uh this was a great match and like you said, Tyler Breeze was the perfect foil for for Devlin to really showcase what he can do and the upcoming match with with Angel Garza will will be again. It'll be a match that could possibly be match of the night.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I thought Tyler Breeze was really good. It's a shame that Tyler Breeze is kind of, a, he, he's returns back to the, you know, the, the NXT brands. And I think he's going to do a lot more there than he ever would have on SmackDown or Raw, of course. But I think I, I, I want to see him back in the ring with Fandango and kind of, I thought that's when they were kind of really clicking as a tag team. But unfortunately, yeah. Fandango is a little bit uh, injury prone. But uh, if they're not going to do anything with Tyler Breeze, you know, beyond the odd good match like this against Jordan Devlin, then uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to see him as a tag team champion sometime in the future with Fandango, but uh, cause he's never won um, any gold at all since uh, he's been with NXT or on raw or SmackDown. He's had his opportunities. I think back to when NXT was in its infancy, I know that he was one of the the main contenders there in championship matches with Sami Zayn and Pac and uh, uh, Adrian Neville, as he was called then, and and one or two others, uh, Bo Dallas and uh, Tyson Kidd, Uh, back when uh, NXT was in its infancy. We've seen Tyler Breeze and Fandango in championship matches on the main roster, more in comedy matches, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see him have at least one strap um, in his WWE career, um, before he's kind of uh, forgotten again, but uh, yeah, definitely a good match. But I'm loving everything about Jordan Devlin. I think, as you as you said, you know, the cruiserweight championship is kind of is, is the perfect kind of uh, kind of uh, mechanism for. Jordan Devlin to make a bigger name for himself over in the States. Um, and I think, yeah, the two go well together. The Cruiserweight Championship and Jordan Devlin are uh, definitely looking good in my eyes. And I think he's, you can tell just by looking at him, he's loving every minute of it as well. He's really reveling having that opportunity as the Cruiserweight Champion. And it's kind of bringing out that extra that extra 10% of Jordan Devlin as if we needed an extra 10%. But that was really good. And then kind of the final section uh, from this week's NXT I want to talk about is Charlotte Flair. So She obviously had this uh, confrontation with Rhea Ripley on Monday Night Raw uh, last week, which kind of led to Charlotte um, not announcing who her WrestleMania uh, opponent is going to be. Of course, she won the Women's Raw Rumble. Uh, kind of at the war Rumble last month. And uh, the rumblings are that, you know, she's got her option of either the Raw champion, the SmackDown champion, and then possibly the NXT champion. Um, So Charlotte said, I'm going to be on NXT this week. She she was there. Um, This segment started with uh, with Bianca Belair out in the ring and uh, to uh, address... Uh, address the NXT champion Rhea Ripley of course and uh, Rhea Ripley Bianca Belair is going to be going face to face and take over Portland that's going to be another big match then Charlotte comes out the former 10 times world champion of course uh, to huge kind of uh, chance of welcome home from the NXT fans of course Charlotte kind of started her WWE career in NXT a former, uh, was she a former NXT champion? I'm not sure that she was to be honest with you Um, I think
1: she's the only one who who didn't win the NXT women's title, I yeah,
0: think. You could be right. I don't recall, kind of in my memory bank, seeing a picture of Charlotte with the NXT championship. Uh, I remember Paige, obviously very vividly, and, uh, and uh, Bailey, and, and and Sasha Banks, of course. Uh, but then the current NXT women's champion or the current women's champion, uh, NXT champion, Rhea Ripley comes out. There's a great moment where Charlotte puts her hand in front of the face of Bianca Belair. And Bianca Belair just, kind of couldn't believe her eyes at the way that Charlotte kind of disrespected her, almost as if Bianca Belair was an afterthought in all of this. Uh, you know, Belair kind of chimed in telling Charlotte, you might be standing here, but you don't go here, girlfriend. It was kind of a bit like that. And that got a bit of a pop from the, from the fans. Um, And then Bianca telling Rhea Ripley, the three of them standing in the ring, of course, telling Ripley that she's going to go run through her at takeover Portland before um, uh, predicting that she will take on Charlotte as the NXT champion at WrestleMania. So, you know Charlotte told Bianca Belair that this is a conversation for the champions so to stand to one side and fix her braid uh Rhea <laughs> Ripley and Bianca Belair kind of look at one another and they decide to group together to drop the queen Charlotte Flair before having a brief stare down of their own ahead of today match at Portland so I thought this was a really well put together segment I'd love the inclusion of Charlotte Flair I thought Bianca Belair was fantastic in this um and it makes me kind of think and I've, I've done a bit of fantasy booking on the rest of page. And on the WrestlingRegionals.com website that I think that this could all lead to a potential three-way match at WrestleMania. Um, I think Charlotte's going to get involved in the championship match at TakeOver Portland uh, leading to a kind of a a no contest, a kind of a disqualification ending, uh, an indecisive conclusion to that match. And I think that they're going to put the three of them in the ring at WrestleMania, which I think will be uh, just desserts for Bianca Belair. I think she's a, an outstanding athlete and an outstanding performer. Um, with with Rhea Ripley defending her title against Belair and Charlotte Flair on April the 5th. But, Max, um, I've, I've thrown out a bit more fantasy booking there. I've done that a couple of times <laughs> today. Uh, what were your thoughts and my predictions that it could be a three-way at Mania? I
1: think you could could well be right there, Jonas. Uh, and for me, this, this segment... Uh, kind of relieved a little bit of fear uh, towards the the Bel Air and Ripley match. I felt that uh, Charlotte uh, and the rumours that she was going to take on Rhea Ripley at at WrestleMania kind of telegraphed what the result was going to be. And especially after uh, Bianca had such a great showing at the Royal Rumble, Mm -hmm. I felt that, that kind of, like almost overlooking her uh, was a little bit of a disservice. I mean, she's had title shots before, and never been able to c- quite like get over that that final hurdle. And I felt that it was a little bit of a disrespect that we was already looking past this match to yeah. who would be facing Rhea Ripley uh, next. So it was kind of the match that I was I was not that that fussed about to begin with. But this this uh, this uh, segment kind of put pay to all that. I felt that. It got me more excited for the match at, at, at Portland because you now you just don't know who is going to win. Um, it kind of really put Bianca clearly back in in the spotlight, and yeah. I was exactly like you. I was I was thinking this is leading to a, a three way at WrestleMania. This is uh this is gonna end um in a dusty finish and we're gonna get Bianca and Rhea at Mania again against Charlotte and I thought, yeah, they've they've really, really pulled this match basically back out of the doldrums for me.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And um I, I think they they've obviously they're fully aware of what they've got in Bianca Belair. They're fully aware of what they've got with Rhea Ripley. Obviously, they've put the gold on her recently. And uh, yeah, I think it's a fresh matchup. It's a fresh uh, opponents for Charlotte Flair. It kind of. Um, invigorates her a little bit as well she's you know been doing the same thing wrestling the same opponents for what seems like year after year and to have her involved in a, an NXT championship match at Maine against gets two fresh opponents kind of makes her seem a bit more interesting as well um, and uh, that kind of does excite me to be honest with you because I think Charlotte Flair is an, an outstanding talent I don't think she's deserving of 10 world titles this early <laughs> on into her career because it makes you think you know if she's got another 10 years left in her uh, what, what figure is she going to get up to by the time she retire so that you know but this has done you know something for me to kind of make Charlotte Flair a little bit more interesting as well and uh, this whole feud I think it will continue in to take over Portland. I think uh, we will see more of this as the weeks and months go on. And I think we are, as you, as you said, going to see a three-way at Mania. So it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Love this segment. Um, I thought that the facials on Bianca Belair when she was being disrespected by Charlotte was <laughs> was absolutely amazing. It sold it for me, to be honest with you. And if anything, dare I say it, possibly Reeve Ripley is, is looking a bit like the odd one out at the moment in my eyes. But um, yeah. any, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. With you. I think... Uh, Bianca Bella is an amazing talent. Uh she's just she's got charisma in absolute buckets. And mm-hmm. and the the whole line, you don't even go here, just mm-hmm. it's, it just speaks of like schoolyard battles. Uh <laughs> yeah, I absolutely loved it. And if it wasn't for the opening segment, it probably would have been uh line of the night. But I think um Uh, Matt Riddle's uh, How Much Fish Could Bobby Fish Fish If Bobby (laughs) Fish Could Fish Fish kind of just edges it for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Did love that. Um, so yeah, we that, that sets us up perfectly for uh, TakeOver Portland. Now they've actually got six matches announced. Now typically they only have five in it on a TakeOver. Now they might have thrown in the odd one here, but uh, um, currently the lineup for TakeOver Portland, which is taking place next Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, the 16th of February. So two days after Valentine's Day. So I know when Valentine's Day is, so I know that this is taking place on the Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you've got Adam Cole, the current NXT champion, going up against Tommaso Ciampa, looking to regain... Uh Goldie, of course, that will be a hell of a match. Uh, we're gonna leave our predictions till next week, but just kind of running through the card. Obviously, we mentioned Johnny Gargano going up against Finn Balor in kind of a bit of a dream match for uh wrestling fans everywhere. We've got the weights obviously the dusty uh classic winners. Pete Dunne, Matt Riddle uh, going up against the undisputed era, and I think that Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, their chemistry together. The, some might say they haven't got chemistry, but I think that, that that you know the way that one is playing off the other, and uh, some of the things that uh, Matt Riddle's coming out of coming out with lately is is really uh, making me you know quite entertained by by that uh, duo, and that's going to be a good match. Obviously, Ripley Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic for the with the North American Championship on the line, and then of course you got uh, Dakota Kai and Tiger Knox in that street fight that's been announced uh, so six matches yeah, maybe if any of them we're going to drop down onto the kickoff maybe the street fight with Tiga Knox, Dakota Kai but uh, I wouldn't mind if all six are kind of on the main card I think it's going to be a hell of a show, a hell of a show, can't wait for that one but um, I think if I'm not mistaken Mags we're going to be covering uh, TakeOver Portland together in uh, I think the, a day or two after the show itself but uh, I'm pretty sure it's yourself that's going to be guesting on that one
1: is that right? That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think so.
0: I, I will consult my diary, but I'm pretty sure I've got your name against it and I'll check through my oh, DMs. But uh, but there we go. Awesome.
1: Um... <laughs> I'm happy with that. I know uh, a couple of days before I'm... Uh, I'm on a podcast with uh mr warren hayes uh going uh-huh. over the predictions uh so yeah uh i love uh these times when uh when all those like content creators get together and do predictions and review shows it's it's it's, it's what makes podcasting fun for me
0: most definitely most definitely so um on to one of our new segments then mags so we, we're going to be looking at uh, what's really grinding my gears what's grinding our gears what's getting us hot under the collar what's getting us kind of all kind of you know sweaty palms just kind of fed up with uh, what you're seeing on your tv screens a certain wrestler a certain promotion a certain angle but what's kind of really getting getting under your under your uh, collar what's grinding your gears so this is kind of one of our new segments and uh, I'm going to go first on this one, if that's okay. And what, what I've got... And uh, I, I I think you're going to hate me for this, but uh, <laughs> what's grinding my gears at the moment is the AEW Women's Division. Now I'll, I'll I'll tell you a few reasons why. Firstly, Ryu, the current Women's Champion, she's not really done it for me to be honest with you. I think she's quite bland. Uh, she looked very ordinary in the backstage segment when she was powerbombed through the table by Nyla Rose this week. Uh, the, the booking of Britt Baker, I think, has been been awful um i I, i've kind of become a bit more intrigued by rip breaker because of her heel turn um but i i think that she's been handled quite poorly to be honest with you considering she was the face of the women's division when it was first launched um uh, over a year ago the fan reaction to many of the women's matches are quite muted in my opinion i just don't think the fans are really into it the storylines of the women's division have been all over the place, in my opinion, with with the Nightmare Collective uh, getting involved in various matches. To Brandy then coming out as the as the babyface wife of Cody this Wednesday when he was being lashed. So is she a heel? Is she a babyface? There's so much kind of conflict there. Um, you know, Chris Statlander who was the, kind of the hot new thing. You know, 2019 leading into the new year. Now, they, she's nowhere to be seen. Uh, you know, when you compare the women's division of NXT to the women's division of AEW, it's really night and day, in my opinion. You know, between one company who have exciting storylines with wrestlers that are over a, a la NXT compared to AEW. Um, You know, who are struggling to make sense of what they have. And in my opinion, Noyla Rose is kind of the the biggest bright spot in the AEW women's division. And and Chris Statlander as well, if she was handled correctly, or maybe we saw her uh, more regularly. Uh, But I think that Chris Statlander, Noyla Rose are definitely the kind of the big things that you need to focus on going forward. But I think everything up until now has been a bit been a bit meh to be honest with you and uh it's grinding my gears that i, I just think the matches just haven't been that great and i think ryu's been quite a poor champion um so that's what's grinding my gears any thoughts on that uh
1: mags well I, I think you should uh stop recording podcasts and, and never ever speak bad about women's wrestling ever ever again <laughs> no I, you make you make some absolutely uh absolutely perfect point. uh i am a fan of rio as a, a wrestler but uh one of my biggest arguments was the fact that she no we didn't know about her we didn't know who she was we didn't know why she was uh the person to to be the face of, of the women's division uh all we all we got especially from the commentary team was she weighs 90 pounds she weighs 90 pounds um mm-hmm. I don't believe that uh, uh, as a wrestling company you should be like almost forced out to go and research on your own to find out about a character. I feel that that's the job of the company to to. To get the fans invested in that person, and with especially with the women's division, they've kind of struggled to do that with not just Rio, but with multiple uh, wrestlers. Um, like you said, Chris Statlander came in as the hot thing, and she's now kind of faded away. We had a, a big push for a Big Swall, uh, and that's kind of like gone off the boil a little bit. So yeah, I do kind of agree with you. I think they're making amends, like you said, with um, with the Brit Baker heel turn, and with maybe the Nightmare Collective kind of going away because that story was like a, a in church uh, I don't think anybody uh, really really was enjoying it it just kind of didn't make sense and there was too many kind of uh dark order style factions going on at one time that it, it was it was getting very very lost in the shuffle uh, so I think you're 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 perfectly fine in, in that brand <laughs> in years to be fair uh, that's very very acceptable to me
0: Thank you very much. Well, uh, what, what, what's grinding your gears at the moment then, Max? What's really kind of getting you hot under the collar and getting you angry about the wrestling business at the moment?
1: For me, um, the, the main thing is not actually anything to do with the the wrestling directly. It's it's wrestling Twitter. It's wrestling social media. Uh, this, as much as I enjoy this Wednesday night war, or in our case, Thursday night uh, tussle, however you'd like to call it. Uh, as much as I'm enjoying the, the programming, I'm really not enjoying the the kind of uh, toxicity that we're getting, especially on wrestling Twitter. I mean, I don't have Facebook, so I don't know how it kind of is uh, being portrayed over there. But uh, this week, it kind of came to like a bit of a head uh there's a, a very popular wrestling um fan called uh AMF Phoenix and NJPW and she put out this uh really heartfelt post about how the Cody um lashes uh segment was really like speaking to her and she was really like impressed with how it went down and how emotionally invested she got in it. And the, the amount of people coming out of the woodwork to kind of attack this, this this woman for being happy about enjoying a wrestling program, it's kind of, it was like the, the almost the nail in the coffin for, for wrestling social media, that you're, you're now attacking somebody for enjoying a, pro, uh, a product rather than someone coming out and absolutely like shitting on a product.
0: Mm-mm.
1: You're now attacking somebody for, for saying what they enjoyed about it. And it's kind of getting to the point where people are just attacking for the sake of attacking and not kind of like giving their own input. Just, they just want to, to look down on someone. And and that really does ground me because the whole point of social media and the whole point of the reason why I kind of got involved in wrestling Twitter was for the conversations about wrestling. I yes. don't agree with, I don't agree with many, many people's viewpoints out there, but I do like to talk about wrestling. I do like to explain my viewpoint. I like to listen to other people's viewpoints and have a real, like, almost adult conversation about it and we're getting to the stage now where it's it's literally name calling for name calling second i really don't don't like that i mean i know Amy uh, personally she's a, a really really positive person in in general and um I think she does so much good for this for this wrestling community, and and she absolutely got she got rinsed over the calls. And then I think another another one called uh, Tiffany, who I'm not I'm not as familiar with, but she's a really uh, impassioned um, Cody fan, and she again got absolutely rinsed over the calls because she enjoyed a wrestling product, and it kind of it baffles me how yeah. you can get get so much grief for enjoying something. It really yeah. so yeah that that grabs my gears. I think social media kind of needs to have a word of itself and and kind of get to grips of why why attack someone for enjoying something. I just don't I just don't understand it at all. Yeah. And like you
0: said, you could have different opinions. You know, we've all have different opinions as wrestling fans. We all think, you know, one thing's better than the other or, or prefer one thing over the other, but be constructive, you know, in your conversation, be constructive in your argument. And, uh, to be honest with you, the, the guy that, that, that criticized, um, you know, the, 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 the um, the twitter person you mentioned it's probably got nothing better to do with his day to be honest with you and i think the best thing to do is just to kind of block that person and forget about it but yeah I say, like if you're gonna get into a debate about one thing over another be constructive you know be friendly towards one another at the end of the day we're all meant to be wrestling fans uh, yeah. not wrestling kind of not wrestling enemies and exactly. um You know, I I think it's, 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 yeah, there's just one thing to do there and just block the individual and kind of, yeah, but there's no need to be spiteful or kind of uh, to attack anybody. And and, and unfortunately, wrestling Twitter has actually, you know, got to some people where they've just quit Twitter altogether or given it a break for a few weeks. You know, I know one or two individuals uh, that have have given Twitter a break because of how um, upsetting some of the interactions can be on Twitter, Facebook,
1: it, yeah, which yeah, cool. totally goes along, uh, goes against the whole point of of it. the 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 key word is social. The key word is yeah. is to to be social, to have these conversations, and now people are, are are scared to put their opinion out in case they're going to be set up on by the dogs. I mean, yeah. uh, I I experienced it uh, quite a few years ago when uh, I made a comment about Roman Reigns. Um, not being the second coming of, of, of wrestling. And I got uh, I got some pretty bad hate there. I was getting death threats in my uh, DMs and stuff like that. Um, but it seems to have like gone up another notch. I mean we we're getting people being harassed so much that their account to be suspended uh, because they are being like mass reported about these groups of people who who just if you don't agree with their their opinion and you are uh, you're willing to put that opinion out there, they they just harangue you, and it's just I don't see the point. I don't see the fun in that. And wrestling, it's it's entertainment at the end of the day. It's meant to be fun. And yeah. if you can't come on on Twitter and and say your opinion without fear of of getting abused over it, then what is the point?
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, let's be nice to one another. If we if we're wrestling friends uh, fans, then let's kind of band together. And if you're going to have a conversation or an argument over over something, if you've got a different opinion to somebody, then let's be constructive about it and let's not attack one another. It's just not not good. Not good, guys and girls. But uh, conversely, let's have a look at what's floating your boat, then Mag. So t- tell us what's floating your boat at the moment, at the moment regarding wrestling, the wrestling business, and uh, or, or, or anything in general. Wrestlers promote shows, what's kind of got your interest and what's really turning you on to wrestling at the moment?
1: Yeah, well, to, to go on the flip side of, of the point I made of what's my is what floats robots is talking to guys like yourself. Um, yeah. It's like I I mentioned earlier It's when we have these big events Us as a a community of of content creators We kind of band together And we start putting out all these content I love seeing uh, people who I have uh, spoken to Or people who I've collaborated with I love to see them collaborating with other people And we're kind of all spreading our podcast and content wings uh, And Mm. yeah, that's really fun to see Uh, In terms of actual wrestling though I'm absolutely loving this uh, Adam Call and um, Tommaso Ciampa feud. I I just, I think they are two of the best characters in wrestling. Obviously, uh, Tommaso Ciampa is just his character work is absolutely on point if you want to learn how to portray a character in wrestling there's no one better to to kind of look at and emulate and then adam cole is the most over person in in at least in the WWE sphere uh, maybe possibly in the world and yeah it's just i'm so excited for portland I, I usually get excited for nxt takeovers as a rule anyway but i'm especially excited for this because we we just don't know where where this takes the undisputed area afterwards.
0: Mm, exactly now we do have a a a question from uh, one of our friends on twitter that will kind of help us maybe answer some of this and we'll kind of ask at the very end of the show regarding undisputed and where they you know might stand after takeover with regards to the the championships that they still hold but um yeah i mean i gotta echo your sentiments there especially regarding the collaborations and the, the friends that i've made um through doing this podcast and you know doing collaborations with wonderful people wonderful content creators like yourself and so many others i mean i think on our episode 100 which we did um last weekend i think it was uh we, we kind of harking back to i think i've probably had maybe over 30 maybe 40 guests hosts that have come on the podcast in the in the 100 episodes that have kind of you know that i've connected through twitter and connected through facebook and kind of searched out their podcasts and got in touch and they you know just like yourself been been friendly and they've kind of made it all worth while and you feel like you've kind of made another friend really although on the end of a, a phone line or a skype call or you know a dm and uh you know it, it really does help to kind of promote the wrestling kind of podcast uh genre really uh because of, of course whenever i'm on your show you'll you'll promote me and vice versa um and you know it really does help to kind of share the, the share the love and share the positive vibes completely conversely to what you were saying earlier on, of course, but uh, I think the, the, the podcast community, the wrestling podcast community is quite strong out there. To be honest with you, we do all band together. We do kind of support and boost each other's posts. And um, yeah. And uh, I think that's been kind of one of the really standout positive things for me since I started the podcast. And I probably would have, you know, had second thoughts about doing it quite a long time ago, if I didn't have the support and kind of the guests come on board and be very positive about the whole podcast experience and being on the wrestling Majors podcast. So yeah, big thumbs up to the um the wrestling podcast community out there. So many names I wouldn't want to mention kind of just one or two because like I said it's been probably over 30 that I've collaborated with in the year or so, but uh, uh definitely, you know, having people like yourself on the podcast is always a pleasure and always a massive highlight of my week. So, uh, thank you Max and couldn't echo your sentiments any more there to be honest with you definitely. Um what's really floating my boat at the moment, what's got a really fun thumbs up for me uh, we spoke about him earlier, um, and I've got to say, this guy's just doing it for me all over, and that's MJF. Um, <laughs> you know, he continues to be the cockiest, most hated heel in the business. Um, I, I love the, the kind of the conditions or the stipulations set out by MGF, um, you know, before Cody can even lay a finger on MJF leading up to their Magic Revo- uh, revolution at the end of this month. Uh, Chris Jericho, you know, might be in many people's eyes their favorite heel, but in my opinion, he's. He acts like a heel, but he's loved like a baby face. So I don't think he can really be compared to MJF as a, as a really kind of hated despised heel, which I believe MJF is, um, you look at MJF with his, you know, he's MJF twenty four um, seven. Kayfabe being, being his character is what well, he lives and dies by twenty four seven. If you're out in the streets, you bump into him at, at an airport, even on the Jericho cruise, at the arenas, um, he, he, he doesn't break character. You know, he, he, he's got a face. You just want to punch, um, <laughs> and he's it, it, been the perfect foil for Cody Rhodes. You, you know, with with this excellent storyline. Um, and I think he was the best thing on this week's AEW, to be honest with you. Like you say, the way he was kind of, you know, being cocky and jovial during the first couple of lashes, and then he got all serious, and you know, he became the mean-spirited heel that you just uh, love to hate. So the, the, the 10 lashes segment on this week's uh, Dynamite, um, I think, w- was the best TV that I've seen on a wrestling show in a long time. Um, and I hate NJF even more following this segment, following the lashes segment, than I did beforehand. Um, every every Everything about that segment was amazing. Um, and I'm even more uh, invested in their feud, even more invested in their magic revolution. And all I want to see is Cody beat the living daylights out of MJF. And, and uh, that's all down to uh, and, and thanks to who I believe is the best heel in the business at the moment, MJF. MJF is definitely floating my boat right now. And uh, this week, with his actions on Dynamite, definitely cemented that. So uh, your thoughts on MJF and what I had to say about him?
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think uh if you if you want someone who lives their character, who knows how to uh to be that person twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, MJF has got that down on point. I remember seeing a tweet by him a couple of weeks ago. Uh it was uh he was replying to a, a fan who was in a wheelchair. Who uh, I think they'd asked him, <laughs> yeah. it, they'd asked him for a picture or something like that, and he and he put in his in his uh, reply, "I'll be the bigger man and I'll walk away." And it's just that kind of brutalness, that kind of like no filter on whatever he's got to say. It's just, it, yeah, he plays that heel character to perfection, and I think it was kind of like the almost like the cool heel when we first uh, when we first. Like got him on in AEW uh, uh, when he was at All In and he was uh, calling like uh, Hangman Page, C Biscuit and stuff like that. It was kind of like the cool funny heel, but I think this feud with uh, with uh, Corda, obviously with Cody being possibly the biggest babyface in all of wrestling today, it's yeah. really cemented uh, the fact that MJF knows how to play a, a dastardly heel, a really evil heel, and yeah, I think his uh, his like I said, his his heel work is. It's absolutely on point.
0: Yeah, really, really is. But um, there we go. So that's that's the end of our kind of our, our new segments. Uh, what's grinding your gears? What's floating your boat? Um, I thought we we kind of touched on some quite interesting topics there, and that's something that we'll be doing every single week going forward um, as, a, as a discussion point more than anything. Something is a, a bit of fun as well. But uh, I thought that was quite interesting. Now I did mention uh, that these podcasts are kind of open to listener uh, questions or uh, fellow podcast questions, and we do put it out there on Facebook and Twitter. And we do have one question uh, come back. I did put out the post quite late, so we probably would have had more had I done it uh, 24 hours sooner. But we got a question from Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. The really excellent content creator um, out there. So thank you for getting in touch. Thank you for sending us uh, a question. And This is open to both myself and Mags, of course. Uh, do you see the Undisputed Era losing all their titles at TakeOver Portland and moving to the main roster after WrestleMania? So, of course, they're, they're one championship down with Roddy Strong losing to Keith Lee, his uh, North American Championship, a couple of weeks back. So it's just the tag team titles and the NXT Championship to go. Uh, Mags, uh, we, we discussed very briefly some of the matches that are going to be taken over at portland obviously you've got uh Yui taking on the bros weights in the tag title match adam cole defended his title against tommaso Ciampa. um do you think they'll be holding any gold after portland
1: uh yeah uh, at, before i answer the question yeah broker book glorious absolutely trailblazers in 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 this uh in this British uh, content creating scene, uh, yeah, I love those guys. They've been on while we're watching Badlands before Chris uh from, from that team, yeah. Uh, go and listen to their content. They they are absolute superstars. But yeah, going on to his onto their question, um for me it's it's all about where could Undisputed go if they retained uh, that that to me is the sticking point. Uh, obviously, we've we've had undisputed era the, the tag team uh, uh, Reed Dragon, Bobby Fish, and and Kyle O'Reilly, They've they've done pretty much everything that could be done in that uh, in that NXT tag division. There's not really many people who, who who are standing out to say that they could be the next in line to face uh, to face the guys. And again, with with Adam Cole, if he beats Tomasa Champa who who steps up to the plate. We've already seen him beat uh Velveteen Dream. We've already seen him uh, face off against Finn Balor, we've already seen him uh beat Johnny Gagano. So I don't think there's any more of those top level guys that that could possibly like take them on. But knowing the WWE and knowing especially NXT, there's always kind of like they throw these um these spanners in the works. We all predicted Shana would go up uh to the main roster, takeover after takeover after takeover. Yeah. And they've always found a way to kind of um, keep her there. Um, so there is always that that kind of uh, chance that they don't. But for me, I think this is, is kind of the perfect opportunity for the Undisputed Era to, to maybe drop the NXT gold and then go up in time to maybe make a mark for, for some sort of WrestleMania match. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I can't
0: think of the NXT Championship without thinking of Adam Cole, to be honest with you, he's been the champion for quite a long time now, mm-hmm. and he's certainly not the longest reigning champion, but when I put the two together I always think of, of Adam Cole as the champion now, and uh, to think of him as not no longer the champion, considering he's had an, an amazing reign, now he was the was wrestling with John as kind of wrestler of the year for 2019, and I think he was a lot of people's wrestler of the year for last year with not just having won the championship, but how he defended it so well so to see him without the championship, that would be a bit of a blow, but it's got to end some down the line, has not it? It's got to end, and obviously, you know, we're building to WrestleMania. I possibly think we could have, um, you know, the match that we all wanted uh, last year: Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano in a bit of a, a blow-off match there that should have happened, you know, following their two-year-long storyline. Um, so it makes me wonder whether Cole could be dropping the belt to Ciampa, possibly setting up that Gargano-Ciampa match at, at Mania, and, and like you say. You know, the the prophecy is starting to crumble. We've already seen Roddy Strong lose his championship. I think um, if they want to make a, a decent run of having Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle as a serious uh, tag team, then they need to have a run as, as champions as well. And I can see them being, you know, verified, legitimate champions as well. To be honest with you, they're putting a lot of stock in in that those two. Uh, they certainly don't have any singles feuds for them at the moment. So they might as well kind of give them a good run as a tag team. And uh, I think that the tag team gold kind of runs alongside that, really. So... It's interesting. Uh, And UE, they've been synonymous with having the tag team titles in NXT as well. So that's got to come to an end eventually also. And then you think similar to the old uh, Shayna Baszler argument, you know, they've got to go up to the main roster or to Raw and SmackDown sometime in the future. Post WrestleMania, you've always got them, uh, you know, big appearances and big debuts on Raw, SmackDown to surprise the crowd following uh, following mania of course and uh there's there's no bigger names than having undisputed era officially debut on either raw or smackdown especially considering they've been on the black and gold brand now for god oh, what a couple of years at least yeah. um i think come wrestlemania it'll be probably two and a half years um so yeah i'd say that you know you, you know that You know, all four of them really can deliver. Um, Adam Cole, in particular, has got so much to offer. I definitely see him as being kind of the next, dare I say it, Shawn Michaels. He's got all the attributes there. He's got all the credentials. He's got all the ability. So let's utilise him, dare I say out on the bigger stage. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, I certainly think the tag titles are going to change hands on Sunday at, at Portland. And possibly, you know, uh, Goldie is going to go back to Daddy, and I think uh, <laughs> Champ- Champa could be the, you know, the second time NXT champion, possibly setting up that big match that we didn't get last year between him and Gargano over WrestleMania weekend in Tampa. So interesting, a really great question there from uh, Broken But Glorious podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for getting in touch and some really interesting answers there. So, Mags, that brings us to the end of episode one hundred and two of the WrestleMania Jonas podcast. Slightly. So, the- change things up a little bit a bit of a a, a a format change we mix things up a little bit um and uh, we didn't go into too much detail about the matches. not that we needed to because there were so many kind of big highlights to kind of have a good old discussion with you about and then of course the new segments that was grinding your gears and what's floating your boat i think that's gonna go on for a little bit longer so really enjoyed that but uh, thank you my friends for coming aboard and helping us out with uh, episode 102 of uh, the wrestling with Jonas podcast um just before we say goodbye uh where can my listeners kind of get in touch with you say hi uh, reach out to you listen to your content uh, tell us a little bit about some of your plugs um some of your handles and where we can find out more about you there max
1: yeah thank you very much uh, and uh, thank you for for the opportunity again I absolutely love speaking we are uh, it's I love your podcast I'm, I'm I'm really glad that you're doing so well in this space, especially in a space where every, everyone seems to have a podcast. you really kind of, like, really stood out and, and, like, separated yourself from the pack, and it's good to see you gain the the success that you actually deserve. Um, Thank you. Thank you. For me, you can follow me, if you desire, on Twitter, at DJ Kirkby. I don't know why anybody would. I, I usually have the, the hottest of wrestling hot takes, but I'm always up for a, a wrestling conversation, so you can hit me up there. You can listen to uh, Why we watch where I speak to wrestling uh, content creators and fans and you can listen to uh, five rounds which is uh, a review of UFC shows they're both on the chair sh- uh, they're both on the Visionaries Wrestling Network which you can find on any podcast uh, platform you desire um, then I've got Badlands which is uh, me and my tag team partner Paul Colley we discussed the Mount Rushmore's of different topics of wrestling uh, that's on the Chairshot radio for now but that will soon be moving to uh, e-wrestling news um, yep yeah, so the, the the twitter feeds for them are at Watch Pod, at five rounds pod and at badlands pod so yeah come and uh, give us a follow check us out um, and I hope you enjoy and again thanks to uh, John Azir for giving me the opportunity to be on his show
0: no, you're very welcome and uh, can't wait to do it all again and I think we are in a little over a week's time where we're discussing <laughs> NXT TakeOver Portland so thank you my friend for helping us out with that one and thank you for being a wonderful guest on this one but uh, uh, yeah I'll make sure that all of the, the links and handles are attached to the description um, in this uh, episode description so yeah just click on that and go and search out Mags, say hi, f- uh, follow all of his uh, Twitter handles, Twitter addresses and uh, of course listen to his wonderful content on his three brilliant podcast that he does so we'll be back again uh, soon now uh, I, I think um, I know that I'm on Badlands and while we watch podcast with uh, Mags uh, this coming week so I'll make sure that I uh, kind of send out links to that on my social media but back on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast next Saturday with Ashley Clements we'll be doing more of the same covering NXT, AEW and all the new segments and including the uh, the return of the two minute Brain Buster quiz. quiz I've been dying to get Ashley on this because I've heard for a while how uh, Ashley has been uh, waiting and wanting to to get onto the quiz to see if he can beat Grizz's nine um, in two minutes so uh, that'd be really fun to have Ashley on the show next week Um, and then on Sunday, uh, the 16th of February, I'll be interviewing um, in partnership with Turnbuckle TV. Uh, My next interview is with Chantal Jordan, so the baddest girl on the planet who will be on the Wrestling with John's podcast, speaking to me. Get your questions in for Chantel via um, our our Twitter at withjohnas underscore pod or just search us on uh, Facebook, Wrestling with John's and uh, kind of ask your questions to Chantel Jordan there. That'll be recorded on the Sunday, possibly dropping the day after, maybe the Monday or on the Tuesday and as I mentioned uh, myself and Mags will be getting together one more time to discuss and to review to recap uh, what is already an amazing um, a, a, a card of the year contender with TakeOver Portland, NXT TakeOver Portland. Can't wait to have uh, Mags back on the show to cover them six excellent matches but in the meantime please keep it tuned to the wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and AEW updates WWE and regular AEW pay-per-view reviews uh, interviews exclusive interviews and so much more and if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family don't forget to subscribe to the wrestling with Jonas podcast and all popular podcast platforms so that you don't miss out on a single episode and uh, while you're at it don't forget to check out our brand new website wrestlingwithjohners.com where you've got the full archive of all of our podcasts a special interview tab there for you to click on if you're just interested in wrestling interviews and all the interviews i've conducted news articles um, kind of special features from our team of writers merchandise links and so much more so check that out wrestlingwithjonas.com thanks again one last time to Mags and thank you to everybody for listening catch up with you all again soon